I'm your host, Vic Choksi, and this is Victory Lab. The premise behind Victory Lap is simple. It's to have on luminaries from the sports, entertainment, and media worlds to talk about their journey, and most notably, one victory that helped them reach their goal. On today's episode, I speak with Sam Leaf. Sam is an NFL agent and president of Entourage Music and Sports Agency. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here. Let's take it back in time. When did you know that you wanted to work in the sports world? You know, as a kid, working in the sports world for me was, uh, I envisioned it on the broadcasting side and the journalism side. You know, I played myself, so I was I was an athlete in college and uh, did the NFL thing for uh, a year, didn't get very far, but so I was embedded in my own sports career, but my plan was once I got done playing and I obviously thought I was going to have this glorious 10-year career and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Peyton, I was going to snap balls to Peyton Manning at the Pro Bowl on the way out and, you know, didn't quite go that way. Way. But the plan was, is, you know, whenever that it ended would be to transition into sports broadcasting. That's kind of where I saw myself. Uh, the management side wasn't anything that was on my radar, but I had a really great player agent relationship and experience with my agent, uh, which was a gentleman by the name of Fred McNeil, who played for the Vikings for years. And he was a former player. And so like my understanding of management and sports management was my experience with Fred. And it was almost like a player coach. It was someone who had been there, done that, and is now helping somebody else do the same. So for me, yeah, that was, you know, as a kid, management definitely wasn't on the radar. Talk to me a little bit about after your pro career kind of ended, I saw like, just again, going through your resume, talking to you a little bit, right? You're a freelancer. You did some newsroom stuff at CNN and going back to that journalism piece of it. Is that where you wanted to like pivot and start at? And then what happened uh, from there? That's where I was pivoting. And that's where I thought my future was. And as, yeah, my first gig after I was done playing was at CNN. And, uh, you know, from there, I kind of learned that the newsroom wasn't quite what I thought I wanted to do. And it kind of pivoted towards entertainment, taking advantage of the fact that I had grown up in Orange County, California. After a couple newsroom stops, I relocated back to Los Angeles and started to pursue the entertainment world as a career. And, and that is a beast in itself. And for me, it was, you know, a network. And you'll hear me talk about that word quite a bit in my journey, network and relationships. Um, and that was really that kind of brought me to this. And, you know, because I had played, I had so many relationships of guys that were in the NFL and that were in, you know, in their career. And you got to remember, this is back when Facebook was still in its early stages. People were trying to figure out what Twitter was. So the, the marketplace and the landscape was completely different than what we have today. Almost like basically what they were looking for was PR help. One of the first people I worked with, Adam Hayward, who was a good friend of mine. He played for the Tampa Bay Bucks for, for about seven years, was in the league for 10 years. He was really big on breast cancer awareness. And he was doing a lot in the city of Tampa Bay for breast cancer way before the NFL even adopted the, the pink in October. And, and he was trying to figure out ways to further that cause and more so amplify what he was doing. Um, and so he turned to me. That was really the beginning because it really kind of caused me to come back around the sport from the player aspect. And as I kind of got involved in it, everything really was natural for me because it was based on experience and relationships. Like you can't look at my experience 
early on in the sports management and compare it to somebody who's just getting in. It sure. won't be the same. And I'm, and I'm blessed to have had that, but mine was more based on almost like a residual effect, right? Something that I had previously done rewarding me today. Right. And so that's how it started was just through the guys that I knew. Um, and like I said, everything came natural. And I, I just believed in myself as a recruiter before I had even recruited. I knew that I would be good at it because I knew I was going to be able to connect with them on a level that no one else is going to. Right. And that's kind of how it started for me. That's when you literally decided to, after those experiences, shift gears a little bit and go and become an agent. Yeah. So the first, first couple of years in the business, I was still kind of halfway. I was doing some entertainment stuff and dabbling almost like on the freelancer side of, of the sports management business. And I wasn't an agent my first couple of years in the industry. I actually worked on the marketing side and I was fortunate enough to work at a, a company called Rival Sports Group, which, you know, they no longer exist. And that's just another funny thing about our business. But at the time they were heavy hitters in Beverly Hills on the NBA side and the NFL side. Um, and from there, I really kind of cut my teeth on the branding and the, and the marketing aspect. And I think I was one of the earlier ones to really adapt social media as a form of marketing. Um, and I remember trying to introduce it to companies in 2012 and them not understanding it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but eventually I got certified by the NFLPA and uh, I've been an agent since. I will still say marketing is is probably one of more of my strong suits, sponsorship acquisition for my guys. But I love being an agent. I, I, I view it as um, an opportunity to go to bat for them. I, I'm, I'm my loyalty is to my clients and I love proving that to them. And every guy's different. And so each day is different. Um, and that's been a blessing for sure. I feel this journey of mine that I've been doing now, it's been so natural. But the cool thing for me was it was nothing that was ever planned. It just happened. The, the right elements were there. And I could, this is better than anything I could have thought of. And I still feel my best days as an agent and entourage as an agency, I still feel our best days are still ahead of us, right? I still think we have so much that we want to accomplish, but that's, that's truly how I feel. So you just mentioned my net, you know, what I was getting to next. Talk to me about entourage a little bit. You know, how did it come about the origin story behind it, how you put it together? I wish I had the credit of actually putting the framework of Entourage together, but Entourage started uh, by Austin Beckhill, who's uh, my partner today, it started off as a music management firm, and they were representing a lot of songwriters and producers. Austin has got a tremendous passion for music, but he's got a greater passion for sports as a fan, right? Like his dad played at OU. And so they had started the, the sports agency side, the football division, and it was actually initially ran by somebody else early on in the first year. And then I had kind of came on board and took over, and that was five years ago. And I've really have kind of grown the division into the way that I've always wanted to see an agency. I've had this amazing experience of being able to work underneath some really great agents and some guys that have done some really historic things in the business. And I think it's okay to never stop learning as it pertains to your practice and your trade and how you deliver that trade. And I also think that it's great to be able to pull certain aspects and nuances from different people that you've been, that you've seen along the way and then curate something into what you think is going to be effective. And, and for me, what that was at Entourage 
was creating a division that is service first, client first, not just in our brochure, not just in our social media posts, but in everything that we do. Because you got to remember, I was once in these guys' shoes. And when these guys are my age, they're going to be doing something else. And I get that. And I want to set, I want to set them up for success beyond the field. But more importantly, I want to help them make the most of every day that they're in the NFL or whatever that it is that they're doing. Because, you know, we do represent a couple clients that are in the WWE and that are pro wrestlers, but they're big names and, and they have a lot of brandability. And for us at Entourage, we try to make everything sexy, right? Like we don't look at where things are. We look at where things are going to go based on where we presently are with everything that happened in 2020 with, with the pandemic. It has forced us to change our business model. It has forced us to change so many of the things that we were doing, that we're doing. But I feel like a lot of this stuff that where it's evolving into, we were already doing. A big thing for us is fan engagement. Fan engagement is not the same. And there's going to be all of these people that come out and try to take stabs at new ways to engage with fans. And we want to be on the cutting edge of that. We want to be able to offer our clients innovative ways to grow their brand and monetize every day that they're in the league. That's what's important to me. Can you give me one example of something that happened where, you know, you guys looked ahead or something that you had to revamp because COVID affected you guys this year? Yeah. I mean, first of all, it it affected the the pre-draft process and our rookies took it on the chin more than anybody. And, and our heart goes out to them, number one. And we did everything that we could, but it was just, it was, we weren't in control. The NFL wasn't in control. The yeah. pre-draft process wasn't in control. But I think for us, one way that it changed it, like I said, fan engagement, how we interact with our fans, public signings aren't, you know, a thing right now. Camps aren't happening, but we got to find ways to engage in our fans. So streaming has become a really big component of what we're doing and really utilizing a vertical delivery into getting the same message across. But I think the one thing I'm most excited about, and, you know, I've had a huge background in community service efforts uh, as it pertains to the NFL. I've had a player uh, nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. That's something I took great pride in. And the way that we give back has completely changed and COVID has changed that. You know, it's not the same, I'm going to go and drop off blankets at a homeless shelter. You know, I mean, you still could do that, right? But the elements have changed and, and especially with what's going on in society. I've always believed that athletes have an obligation to utilize their platform to set an example. And now that's kind of become a trendy thing to do in essence, right? But, but I'll take it if, it, if, it's a, if it's a vessel for change, right? And so that's kind of how COVID has affected us. But I would say the biggest thing was the pre-draft process for sure. Definitely. And I agree with fan engagement. I know we were talking offline a little bit. One of your clients, Ryan Nell, right? For example, I'm a big Bears fan. I'm a big sports fan. And that's how I got to know who he was, right? From preseasons, going to camp, seeing him play there, uh, all these kids getting their autographs and they become his fans. And that's how it happens, right? In sports. So, you know, I'm interested to see how next year looks, you know, hopefully better and a little bit more normal, but, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. Everything that we've talked about so far has been all good stuff. Everyone looks at everyone's life on social media and everything is roses, right? Let, let's talk about some of the down stuff. You know, what are some hurdles you faced uh, along your journey or when you're 
an entourage together or anything that you've recently faced? Struggles that I feel like I went through that kind of have made me who I am today would be a lot of things that I went through early on in my career. And it was more so kind of proving my worth and, and proving my place in this industry. You know, the sports management world, it's not a, a, a big world. It doesn't take 40 people to run an agency, right? So divisions and positions are small and, and having to prove myself, I think there was a lot of adversity, but, and presently I would, I would go back to kind of what we went through in COVID that really forced us to change everything that we were doing and really kind of have to adjust and, and, and evolve. And we, we didn't have time to focus on the problem because we were in a position where there were people dependent on us for solution. Right. And we had all this other stuff, like, here's the thing, this is our job, right. But our lives, everyone's lives were affected. So there was the, my family there, you know, there was all of these aspects and we had to still stay the course and really try to help our clients out. And I think that was some adversity that no one could have predicted. No one could have drawn up. And I certainly can say that, you know, we came out of it better than what we're, where we were. We learned that, you know, we can get things done with not a lot of resources, like what we normally have, but more importantly, how to lean on relationships to mend bridges and, and, and put bridges where there aren't any. And I think this is advice for anybody that is going through this or wants to get in this business, you've got to find your angle. How are you going to better your clients? How are you going to enhance their lives? If you're working at an agency or want an agency to hire you, how are you going to enhance what they're already doing? That's the key. And that, and that is a lot easier said than done. But going through it, I feel like I'm battle tested. There are not many things phase me in this business anymore because of the adversity and just the, 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 the nature of our business. You recruit year round to sign guys once a year and, and you don't know what they're gonna decide. And there's a lot of aspects in this industry that you don't have control over the outcome. And adjusting to that and working around it is a challenge. That definitely answers the question. And, and that was really good advice as well. I, I appreciate that in, in general, because that was one thing I was going to ask you later. And you answered that part of it as well. Just some advice for anybody trying to, you know, break into the industry. Let's talk about, you just talked about like knowing your worth or kind of an accomplishment. Who was the first client that you signed? And, and you know, how did you feel after that? Oh man, first client I ever signed would have been Ethan Westbrooks who was a kid out of West Texas A&M, which was a division two school where I actually finished my co collegiate career. You know, I'm still excited about every client, but those first couple clients, everything felt big. He went to the shrine game. He was the defensive MVP and the offensive MVP. And I'll send you the picture. Once we hang up, the right. offensive MVP was Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. And it was funny because I kind of watched their journey you know, it, I watched Jimmy from the beginning. He got there as this quarterback from Eastern Illinois, I believe, right? Yep. Who no one really knew who he was. He crushed it at the Shrine game. They called him up to the Senior Bowl, and I just kind of watched it. But Ethan Westbrooks and Cody Hoffman, who was a receiver from BYU, were my first two guys. Ethan ended up playing for the Rams uh, for about six years and then finished with Oakland. That was, that was my first guy, and it was special to me that it was somebody from my alma mater. That's a pretty cool feeling, man. Everyone I talk to on this, I always try to ask them about like their first moment and they always, you always remember that moment, right? Oh, I perked up as soon as you said it. <laughs> Yo, talk to me about one victory in your life. It could be small, it could be large through your journey that you can look back on 
and it helped you get to where you are today? That's tough. I mean, starting Entourage and getting through that first year was pretty special. Um, we were able to generate three draft picks that first year, and that was really awesome. I don't think anyone could have seen that coming, and I think it was motivation for us to sit, for, for at least me to say we're on to something because we really were trying to do something different. Right. And I feel that we're not the only agency that is modeled that way, but a lot of agencies are now modeled that way. And so that, that was huge. I know I had mentioned the uh, Walt Randall Telfer had won the Walter Payton man of the year award in 2017. That was a big victory for me just because how much it meant to me and how, and how, and that was something important. And I finally knew that as I preach that to other clients, I can now point to something that is going to appeal to them or I'm going to point to something to them where I can kind of show the whole picture. And you know, who really benefited from that was, was Randall who's no longer in the league and had done that in Cleveland and probably still has 300 people that will drop what they're doing to help him in that market because of what we did away from the field. That's the, that, that's the cool thing. And that was a victory for me as well too. You juggle a lot of things. Your day-to-day is probably crazy, right? You have entourage. You're also a partner at Jamal Ligleton Training, right? Like you're, you're doing a lot of different stuff. Is your day typically, every single day is different or walk me through like a day in your life? Oh, every, day, every day is different. It depends on the day. Travel days, which are happening a lot during the fall because of recruiting, sometimes end up being the busier day because I'm on a plane, so I can't really do much. But every day is different. Mondays and Tuesdays are really heavy on what happened over the weekend. Someone get hurt, tryouts for the guys. You know what I mean? Tryouts for the guys on Tuesday. So season, it's really focused on the clients and the NFL schedule. And then you compound that with trying to recruit and finish your recruiting class that comes in December. So that's pretty straightforward. And every day that's going to be different. The off season where you do have a little bit more time to yourself that's where things are even really crazier because working with Jamal Ligon, uh, which is a performance center, I, I, do mark, I do marketing and business development for a couple entities. So there's Jamal Ligon training. There's also a place, Sports Rehab LA, which is uh, known as SRLA. It's a you know, recovery PT center. They have over 75 NBA guys, over 100 NFL players go there. So I find, but you know, I do that stuff. Uh, to help me as an agent, right? It gives me the opportunity to connect with different brands and form different relationships that I wouldn't have just dealing with a Ryan Null, hypothetically. You know what I mean? So every day is different, but you try to create patterns in it where like a Thursday is like my day to kind of lock me in. You know, I would say the office, but home this year, right? Lock, Lock me in and I don't really leave until everything gets done and get ready for a trip tomorrow. And then We'll get through Saturday, college, Sunday, NFL. God willing, no one gets hurt Monday. And, and around and around we go. But it, sometimes 6.30 rolls around. Uh, it goes a little longer because I'm on the West Coast. So you're talking to people till like 9 p.m. East Coast time. By the time that comes around and I try to get on the phone with somebody, I can't even think. Like I'm just, my brain's mush. Yeah. And there's usually a stack of things that you don't get to that you need to get to when the phone's not ringing. So it's a lot. You definitely self-starter is, is, is an understatement, but I think more than anything, you got to have a passion to get up and want to make the most of every day. Okay. Before we wrap up, I always like to do a little rapid fun Q and a with my guests, whatever comes to your mind, uh, better pizza, Chicago, New York, or somewhere else. Ooh, 
depends the mood, but New York, if I have to choose one, I don't know. Chicago, you can only eat one slice. New York, I can take down three. I lived in Chicago for a little bit. I, I lived in uh, Old Town off of oh, Northern no way. for yeah, about like, seven months. Yeah. Tavern, tavern style, thin and crispy. I got to take you to next time, man. I'll, I'll hold you to that. Favorite athlete growing up? Man, Kobe Bryant. Tattooed on my heart, man. Not on my sleeves. I love it. Say. That was rough. I mean, you bringing that up is uh, just he's i mean i i'm a little older than you i think and i of course i'm from chicago so i grew up in the jordan years but after that comes kobe bryant for me too and so you you get our attachment to kobe because because of, you know you know what i mean you know what jordan meant to chicago exactly exactly favorite publication to read growing up I mean, there wasn't, I mean, ESPN really was like, you know, Bleach Report didn't re, uh, exist, which is probably my favorite today. Yeah, it was a different world back then. It was yeah, like- yeah. So I think I think maybe I'm in the wrong age group to answer that question. <laughs> I mean, ESPN, the LA Times, those were really your two options, right? And then yeah. some blogs, but you didn't, blogs weren't trusted when yeah. I was coming up. I would say now I love Bleacher Report, but I love the contributors but I love how it's set up. That's my favorite thing about it. Last question. You gave a little bit of advice, but I always like to, you know, leave off on this note. If there's someone that comes to your door and they're like, Hey Sam, I, I, I want a job. I want to work at your agency, this and that. Like what, is there a piece of advice that you can give them? Uh, of course, other than what you said, you know, of course you got to bring some value, but what would you say to that person? You know, I would want to know why they're here. And I would want to know what is their motivation and their passion for working in this industry. And that's important because a lot of people come and a lot of people go, right? There's a lot of turnover in our agent in, in our industry. And so understanding that, and I guess how you would translate that into advice is ha- make sure you have a passion to want to help people get better and, and, and help people grow. Cause that's what this is about. It's not fantasy football. It's yeah. not about signing guys so you can go and get drunk with them on the weekends. It's about helping these young men who are never going to get this time back to make the most of it. And just what's your motivation? What are, you know, what are your choices, you know, outside of like what I told you, what's your value? Like, what do you bring to the table? Because I was brought in on a few people taking chances on me. I think I have a little bit of a soft spot for that, right? And I think somebody who's a forward thinker and somebody who has a, a, a desire to change how certain things are, I think that goes a long way too. And I think that we need more of that in our industry because the mindset of an athlete's changing, therefore the service should change. I appreciate your time, Sam. Uh, it was great having you on this episode. I hope once uh, this stuff is all over, man, that we can link up soon and I'll take you to some pizza. I was going to say, I'm going to hold you to some tavern, some tavern pizza, and we'll celebrate a couple of Ryan Null touchdowns. (laughs) Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. My thanks again to Sam for joining me today. His agency Entourage is only growing, so make sure you check them out if you're interested in learning more about what Sam does. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to give us a like or a follow and definitely share the word with your friends. Last but not least, you can follow my work at DocSquad33 on Twitter or VicChoxy33 on Instagram. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next time on Victory Lab.